0: Thanks for tuning into this week's message. For more resources and information about Cedar Valley, please visit cvchurch.org. Uh, last week, if you were here, you know that Pastor Neil introduced our new teaching series on um, the Holy Spirit. We learned that the Holy Spirit uh, is a person, He is God. He is our comforter, right? He is our advocate. He is our counselor, and this is the verse that he shared um, with us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, and that's important to know because everybody in this room who's a follower of Christ... You need to know and be reminded today that in that moment when you received Christ in your life, you also received the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Holy Spirit, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. He identified, you remember Pastor said, he marked you, he put a stamp um, on you. And then he had a big question, his big so what, and it was this. Jesus inside you is better than Jesus beside you. Do you remember that? Have you been thinking about that through the week? Think about the disciples when Jesus said, I I must go, and when I go, I will send a comforter to you. The disciples wrestling through the idea, what could possibly be better than Jesus beside me? I mean, you would think, and I would agree, that Jesus beside me is better than anything else. Oh no, 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 it's not Jesus inside of me is better than Jesus beside me, right? So um, so, so what does the Holy Spirit do? Today we're going to concentrate on, on what do spiritual gifts mean to me? Last week we talked about the who. This week we are talking about the what? What about the spiritual gifts? What what do they mean to me personally? Have you ever wondered about the spiritual gifts? It is so easy to recognize these gifts in other people. This morning we had the opportunity to, to see firsthand how, how people, uh, you know, people who have these gifts of music and, and, and singing and playing an instrument and, and maybe someone greeted you at the door on your way in. They have this gift of hospitality. It's so easy to recognize the gifts that God has given to us in other people. But sometimes it's difficult uh, to identify what gift is inside of you, right? Like, what is it, God, that you have given to me? It's easy to recognize what you've done in other people. Sometimes I have a hard time identifying what it is that you um, are doing inside of me. And then, listen, I know there's someone maybe here today thinking, hey, well, listen, the gifts aren't about you. And you're right. The gifts are not, they're not about me. It's not about me. The spiritual gifts are not about me. Say that to yourself. It's not about me. It's not about me. Let's go to Ephesians and find out what these gifts really are for. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. You're familiar with this, right? The five-fold uh, ministry. And go back one, to prepare God's people for the works of the service. And this really is like the job description of a pastoral staff, right? To equip the saints... For the work of the ministry. That's really what our job really is. It continues to say, so that the body of Christ may be built up. And that really is the primary purpose for the spiritual gifts, right? So that when they are in use, the body is strengthened, right? This is how we build the church. The Holy Spirit builds his church through his people. By giving gifts to his people until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure and i love the, the, what that the picture that that paints for me the, the whole measure all of it everything that he intended the whole measure of the fullness of christ that's obviously the primary purpose of the spiritual gifts. But what we are going to do with the primary purpose is we are going to put this in a big plastic bag and let that marinate all through the week. And next Sunday, Pastor Neil is going to bring that out and prepare something beautiful and delicious and nutritious for all of us um, to enjoy. So today, we are actually going to focus on the impact on the rush, the thrill, the fulfillment that comes from using the gifts that God has given to us. And truly, it really is. Y'all know that the Holy Spirit empowers you. He makes our prayers more effective, right? He causes the scriptures to come to life. The Holy Spirit inside of us, you can sense when he is moving, right? I imagine, uh, you know, when Pastor Neil preaches uh, a message and and when finally the lights are off and the doors are locked and he gets in his vehicle to travel home, I'm sure he grabs his will and he's like, that was so awesome, right? And people come up at the end of service and like, man, thank you so much. I needed that, I needed that, I needed that. So many people are blessed by that. But on his way home, he's like, that was awesome, right? And Carly, when worship's all done and she locks up her office and heads home after singing and leading, she gets in her vehicle and she's like, oh my gosh, I hit the note. I hit the note, yes, yes right, and Chase on, his, on, on the drums, and he was gonna do something for the first time that he's never done live in a service, and he does it, and he's on his way home, and he's telling his precious little girl, like, Daddy did it, Daddy did it, I did it, I did it, and, and that's how Pastor Cece goes home, and that's how Pastor Victoria goes home, and that's how Amos goes home, and Pastor Vicki right now is teaching next step three, and, 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 and as she's teaching, people are receiving, but on the inside, her heart is beating, you know, You know the thrill You know what happens in your heart when you are just in the moment. God is speaking through you. You know what I'm talking about. That's what we're gonna focus on today. We want everybody to truly discover what is the gift that God has placed inside of me because we want you to do it. Use the gifts that God has given to you because it strengthens our church. It makes our church better. So today, it is about me. I hope that's okay. Oh my God, is this how Pastor Neil is looking at me? Is that Pastor Vicky out at the corner telling me to stop? It's not. Can it be about us just for today? It's about us just for today. One of 52. There's 52 Sundays a year. One of those is going to be about me. Say, it's about me today. No, say it like you really mean it. It's about me today. It's about me today. The gifts are for the church, but they absolutely have serious implications for you. The life that he brings to your soul when you use the gifts that God gave you, it's like, it's not the central focus of these gifts. We, we know that, but today... We're going to focus in on that. So primary text, let's all stand to our feet. We know that, uh, that during this time of our service, we just kind of honor God knowing that he is going to speak to us today through his word. We're breaking rules all day long. I'm telling you that already. We have two primary texts, so we'll jump back and forth. If you don't have your Bible today, we will have those for you on the screen. But if you'd like to read with us Romans chapter 12, 4 through 6, the first part of 6, then we'll jump to 1 Corinthians and then we'll come back to Romans. All right, Romans 12, 4 through 6 says this Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. And we are Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other in His grace, God has given us different gifts for, the doing, for doing certain things well. Let's jump to 1 Corinthians. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. There's a lot of different gifts. But the same Spirit, capital S, God, the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same, capital, Lord, God, Spirit. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other, each of us. There's not a person in this room who is a follower of Christ who does not have a spiritual gift inside of them right now. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice to another. The same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another, not capitalized, spirit. Because there are other spirits. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and Only Spirit, Holy Spirit, who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Back to Romans. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. Can I just pause for a moment after first service? Somebody came up to me and said, I want you to know something touched me today. And I thought it was going to be the parts that I prepared to touch people. No, it was this right here. He said, I'm a teacher. And I'm telling you for the last, since COVID, I've been coasting I literally show up to work and barely make it through the day every single day. Like I've lost my passion and today God spoke to me. If I'm a teacher, and I am, he said, teach well. I will show up to work tomorrow different. Pay attention to your gift. If your gift is to encourage others, some of you are so encouraging, be encouraging, use it. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, speak to us today in a way like only you can. You know the details of our life. You know where we are right now. And so God, I pray you would encourage us that you would reveal to us, that you would surface within us, that you would do something special in our hearts. Through your word, your presence is in this room. We already sense it. So God, thank you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Before we get into what some of these gifts are, I think it would be appropriate to just take a moment and talk about what spiritual gifts are not. For a long time now, the spiritual gifts have caused division in the church. The misuse of the spiritual gifts have caused division within the church. It's important to note that the spiritual gifts are not an indication of God's love for us. It's not like God loves you more if you have a few more gifts than somebody else. They're not given based on merit. They aren't given, ba- you don't earn spiritual gifts. These gifts are not to be used like for comparison. Like you don't, you know, you don't look at others and like, hmm, must be nice to just have, you know, six or seven gifts and here I am with just one gift. You know, like, what did I do wrong? It's not It's not about ranking, right? It's not about ranking whatsoever. It surely is not about arrogance. We need to be really careful to use the gifts that God has given to us with humility and grace, right, and love. Um, sometimes the, the gifts can become a disturbance, right? If, if, if your gift is, is disturbing other people, if it's causing a disturbance, that's not good, right? That's not the intention of the spiritual gifts. And Uh, I I use an example in first service of a gentleman years ago in a a church where I was at who would, when, when he would come, it wasn't like he came every Sunday, but when he would come, he'd sit near the back of the church, and I'm not too sure why he'd sit all the way at the back, but once worship would begin, he would just become so overwhelmed emotionally that he would like do the walk like Jesus with his cross going up to the hill where he would be crucified. Like, like, like I'm talking Hollywood, like carrying this invisible cross, falling to his knees, rolling over along the, through the aisles, hitting. I'm not I'm true story, hitting people, mostly women and then getting to his final spot. And so the first time I was like, okay, grace. Yeah, hey, grace. There's a grace for that. Who knows what's happening in his life? All right. But then the second time it happened, I'm like, okay, I need to pull him aside. Is that hey, look, it's disturbing other people. It's, It's literally causing people to lose focus on what's happening in their own worship experience. And I just think, hey, if you want to, if the final destination is the altar, just start there. Just walk all the way in at the beginning and then take your place and just stay there. And then when service is over, you can go back and find your seat. And he said, well, you know... I'd love to, but once that happens, I have no control of what's happening with my body, and I'm like, well, now we know that it's, the Bible's very clear that the Spirit is subject to the prophet, right? So we're always in control, I mean, you're drunk in the Spirit isn't like the same drunk, you know what I mean, like you can still walk the line, you know? Um, it's it's meant it's not meant to be a disturbance. The, the spiritual gifts that God gives to his church are meant to bring strength and unity and to build and edify the church, not meant to be a dividing factor. So we have to be careful and cognizant to know that, that God has a way of using his people. We are the solution to the world that we live in today. God, God uses his people to build the church with the gifts that he has given to each one of us. So we champion people and their giftings. When we recognize that God uses somebody, we champion that. We don't get jealous. We don't play the comparison game. We don't get arrogant. We champion, Neil, you're a fantastic teacher. There's no question in my mind, it is the gift that God has given to you. Someone walked into the office the other day and said, I love when you speak thing. And I said, thank you so much. And then she said, but Neil is still my favorite. And I said, he's my favorite too. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to learn from the best, right? And I agree with that. There's no no issues with that. I recognize that. And I recognize the gifts that others of you have. I recognize Carly's gift to lead worship. I recognize Tawana's gift to lead. Wasn't that just, you you can see it all over her face. By the way, she's fighting breast cancer right now and starts chemotherapy this week. Isn't that a blessing to see her lead like that? God has given his church precious gifts with the purpose to build and strengthen and help his church, so that we can reach our neighbors and the nations. That's the purpose of the gifts. But it's amazing how it makes you feel when you walk in those giftings, when you exercise the gifts that God has given to you. There's something that begins to happen on the inside of you. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is addressing a Corinthian church who is in a state of complete, they're just not healthy. They're in a very unhealthy place as a church and the, they've been caught up in like showy gifts like the glitter and the glamour and and it's gone to their head and there's just division, comparison, arrogance. All these things are active in the Corinthians church and Paul writes this letter to them because he wants to address it and he wants to finalize like that is not what these things are about. And I have in my notes here to just take a moment, just a moment and address the church at large on behalf of a younger generation. Because they often walk into a church and see those older than them using their gifts. What will always be an, just, a, just a turn off to young people is when they see you operate in your gift. And then on Monday through Saturday, there's no character whatsoever. Horrible behavior at home. You are the number one influence to your children. There are a lot of influences out there in this world, but statistics still prove that parents are the number one influence. We have to be careful that the way we are on Sundays is the way we are Monday through Saturday as well. And there's a lot of young people, young families bringing their young babies to our church. We have to be careful that we, uh, that, we, that we do a great job on Sunday mornings, but we also treat them that way in the lobby and out at the parking lot and in Walmart and Menards and anywhere else you come across people from our church. Because young people are so attracted to authenticity. They love it when people are real. Young adults are looking to follow people who are real, people who are authentic. Like, let me see you struggle. Let me learn from your mistakes. Don't hide those things from me. Don't try to live on a front because I'll tell you this. You might think you are spiritual, but they see right through you. We will lose all credibility if we're only good on Sunday mornings. We've got to do this every day of the week. The best relevant is authentic. Be authentic. We don't want to replace those who are seasoned in our church. We have a lot of seasoned hospitality team members right now. When I say seasoned, I mean like 55 plus. That age continues to get higher because I turn 40 in two weeks. I'm excited about the seniors' luncheon. It's going to be great. But we're not trying to replace anybody at the door. We are wanting to put them next to. Like if you're a young adult, I encourage you, sign up at one door once or twice a month. And just stand next to somebody else who has, who has poured their heart into this church. That's intergenerational. Right? We're not trying to replace anybody, but we all live with our hands wide open. Nothing belongs to me. We are all doing this together. God has given all of us gifts so that we can help other people. So here's really what these gifts are all about. They are not meant to bring division. These gifts are not meant to bring division. They are given to us. To build the body, to build the body, increase our power. The only way we're going to overcome the darkness in our world today, we have to have an increased power, expand our impact, and further our reach. That's the why to the gifts These gifts are to be used in love. That's the purpose for these gifts, to be used in love. That is the motivation for their use. That's the motive. The motive is I want to love you, God. I want to love my church. I want to use these gifts to love people. These gifts are designed to build, to strengthen, to edify the body. Braided, marinated, softened. Soaked, filled, wrapped, saturated, dunked. Any other adjectives out there? In love. In love. Th- that is such a beautiful picture. When you are in your zone and love is in your heart, you are so a. Effective, far beyond what any human could ever do alone. When the Spirit of God is using you, there's a power unmatched. There's a reach. There's an influence. It's amazing. When you surrender your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit in your life. And when you activate the Holy Spirit in your life, you discover the gifts that he has given to you. You need to know today that God has given each and every one of you gifts. Spiritual gifts. When you were in your mother's womb, he began to speak these things into your life, into your spirit. and even the things that you've done that you're not proud of even the mistakes that you've made those things were never taken from you they are still right there inside of you and God wants to use you God wants to use your life God wants to use your story God wants to use your family God wants to use you and he's given you gifts gifts that when you use them oh the thrill the fulfillment the joy it's amazing it's amazing let me show you a few here's a list and this list is taken from our next three and so by the way if you're ever interested in learning, Pastor Vicky is so good at keeping what we're teaching very current. She's always revamping. And she has now in Next Step 3 just an amazing uh, personality assessment, spiritual gifting assessment. On the third Sunday of next month, you can go down and join that class. You don't have to do any of the others. But you can go down, and join that class, take the assessments, and see what comes out. Some of the things you might be aware of. Others you might be taken by surprise. But these are 24 of the many gifts that God has given to us. Some that stand out that make our church special, I think, administration. We have great administrators. We have people who give generously. We have tremendous helpers all over the church, all throughout the week. We have an amazing worship team. I put shepherds there because all of our group leaders, you are the shepherds of the church. And I want to highlight you and make sure you know that when you are in a group setting, you are operating in that gift. You are feeding the sheep. You are investing in the sheep. That's one gift that I can see activated in your life as you lead a group. There's also, you know, teaching. We see that with our pastor every week. Just a gift. You can sense it. You can feel it. You can, you can hear it. It's amazing. And these gifts are really, well, they're for you. So maybe next week you need to make plans to, to come to the class and say, Pastor Vicki, I want to learn what God's doing in me. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've taken an assessment. To to learn about what God is doing inside of me. And I'd like to be maybe refreshed with um, that. With Alright, at this point, we're gonna take a turn. We're gonna take a turn and go in a completely different direction. I want you to take a look at this: a Formula One race car. How many of you into Formula One racing? Anybody? Alright. So I'm not. And so for the next five minutes or so, I'm going to pretend to know about Formula One racing. Because all week I've been looking at different things about Formula Racing uh, just to appreciate what it is. And and I'm telling you, I learned some things that are amazing. For example, if you drive a 2020 Honda Pilot, don't raise your hand, you should not be proud of that. You (laughs) likely have too many kids and you needed a little bit more space. You wouldn't have bought a Honda Pilot on your 16th birthday, I'm sure. That Pilot has 280 horsepower, 280 horsepower. It'll max out on 494 at about 110, and it'll probably start to shake. You weren't supposed to drive that like that. If for some reason you burn the engine out, it's going to cost about 10 dollars to $15,000 to replace the engine on a 2020 Pilot, Honda Pilot. However, this vehicle, this Formula One vehicle, Mercedes-Benz, well, this top speed in a race is about 249 miles an hour. Let's just say you blow the engine on this bad boy. $10.5 million to replace the engine on a Formula One car. About. Pretty fast. Fast. Every single part of this vehicle, every single part, literally, every single detail of this car, is designed for 249. I actually had somebody after the first service come and say, "Do you know that just this part of the Formula One car is about a $30,000 part?" He said, "I had no idea. No idea." A jumbo jet 747 Boeing fitted to fly across the seas, needs to reach a speed of about 185 miles an hour until it can take off. When I read that, I was like, wow, that's crazy, because a Formula One, 249, you would just think a Formula One would (laughs) just, just gone, right? And then I thought, and this could be cheesy, but but I did think it. Like, how many times do we, as Christians who have the spirit of the living God inside of us, Fitted to experience the whole measure driving in Burnsville in a Formula One car, 1,000 horsepowers at 30 miles an hour. Like, boring, right? Boring, people passing you like... Everyone's thinking, dude, get on 494 and punch it. Punch that. Get out there and experience what the Formula One car was built to do. Right? Maybe not. Some of you need a speeding ticket. I mean, I'm just looking at you, and your, your car hasn't experienced 80 in a while. Can you do me a favor and not take the back roads home today and just jump on 35 or 494 and just press on it a little bit? just roll the windows down, get some of the air in your hair like you don't care and press that thing. Send your tickets to Cedar Valley. Maybe not, maybe not. Hey, for those of you who've never experienced what it's like to be in a Formula One car, take a look. So that's how you need to look getting home today from church. <laughs> Put the flashers on and do what you got to do. So many times, so many times in my life, if I'm just being honest, I've asked myself the question is there more to life than this? Like, there's got to be more than this. Here I am, built, designed for 249 driving at 30 miles an hour, like not at all maximizing what God has given to me. I've been in and around the church long enough to know there's a lot of people like me. Sometimes I even ask myself when I'm talking to you, like, why do you even come? I mean, it's always raining in your world. And I get that people go through tough things. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that our expression always has to be so loud. I'm not saying that that's the only way to show and prove that God is good in your life if you can jump and whistle and scream during worship. There, obviously, we know, we know that there are different expressions for people. God made us all differently. But there's got to be more. Sometimes I think this is how we go about the experience of Formula One cars. And then you just put the can away. There's more than that for us. God didn't intend for you to just have the 30-second thrill of making engine noises with a can. He's like, I put an engine inside of you. I designed you for 249 like to expand the fullness, the fulfillment, the joy of living in right relationship with me. Like as you go out and serve the needs of other people, you can't argue that God is doing something on the inside of you. When you use the gifts that God has given to you, something's happening inside of you you feel like you're riding at 2.49. You feel this sense of overwhelming joy like I love, love, love going out doing that and serving the homeless. I love when I walk into a place and find someone from my church and see that they're discouraged and I have the courage to pray for them right there in the aisle of hy I love when I can call somebody and give a word of encouragement to them, and they tell me, thank you, your call's exactly what I needed. I love when I stand at the doors of the church on Sunday morning, and I welcome people that I don't know with a big smile on my face and say, welcome to Cedar Valley. I'm so glad you're here. And they think you're outstanding. What they don't realize is that on the inside, your heart is beating. You feel like you're going, 249, baby, on 494. That's what you feel like. The, the, those behind the camera today, my son AJ, I'm so proud of him. He's like 11 years old running the camera today. AJ, do a little wiggle. Do a little wiggle. Tell everyone hi. Yeah, that's my boy, AJ. And you know what he's feeling like right now? 249 on 494. This is awesome. This is awesome. He was here at 7 o'clock this morning waiting on Ben because he can't wait to do this. That's what God designed for all of us. That's what God designed for you. That's what God designed for you. You were designed for this, to maximize what God has given to you. The real purpose is to make an eternal difference in this world, our world, our communities. That's the purpose of these gifts. And he chooses to use broken people like me and you. I don't deserve to be doing this. There's somebody that could do this better. That's how a lot of people up here feel too. That's how you feel sometimes. Like, God, I don't deserve that kind of goodness, that kind of grace, that kind of mercy. I can't believe you've done that in me, God. You took... It's overwhelming when God begins to use you despite the mistakes you've made in your life. One of my favorite verses, I'll share this right after that, Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living with you same spirit, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives inside of you. Let's go back one. You were designed to experience the thrill of following Jesus and utilizing your gifts. Let me Bring back to remembrance last week. What could possibly be better than Jesus beside you? Think about the disciples. What could be better than Jesus beside you? You know what that is? You know. What is it? Jesus inside of you. That is better. That's Formula One, 249, all day long. So the big so what, you were designed for 249. Write that on the tablet of your heart, stain your brain with this. I was designed for 249. Don't get lost in the emotional expression of what's happening today. This is way more than an emotional experience. It's practical. Like tomorrow morning, you'll wake up and you'll have real life waiting for you. Get in your vehicle and tell yourself, I'm designed for 249. What that means is I'm going to maximize all that God has given to me. That's what it means. I'm going to maximize the gifts that God has given to me. I'm going to maximize it. I am going to test these things in me. So here's how we'll respond we are doers of the word. We're going to discover and we're going to develop. Whether you're 85 years old, someone came up to me after church, 102 years old, 102, and she said, God is my witness. I want to discover the gifts God has given me. And I'm like, girl, 102, that'll inspire you, right? I told her, you go get a speeding ticket this afternoon. And she says, oh, they don't let me drive. Today's a different story, lady. Get the keys to the car and go on 494 and just see what happens. You're never too old. We are a church that pursues gifts that God has given to us. Don't ever let Satan influence you to think that your time has come and gone. You are not too old to be used by God. And don't ever think that you're too young to be used by God as well. Let's go discover what God is doing in our hearts and then let's begin to develop those things, amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit that is alive and active inside of each and every one of us. God, you are good. You are good to us. Thank you for these gifts. Thank you that when we use these gifts, it causes us to feel alive. It gives us a sense of purpose. And that purpose matters to us, God. So thank you that we are alive You have caused us to feel alive. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in me, alive in us, alive in this church so that we can be effective.